and now we are live yo yo this is aj and auntie it is i auntie (laughs) um starting our first podcast so the idea with this was for you know us to just me in general trying to connect with people mainly all the close friends i have and everything like that so i was like I think Auntie will be the best person to do this with. And that's how I just like reached out. So tell the people a little about yourself, Auntie. Yo, um uh, man, there's way too much. Um I guess on a really default level, I just really like to play games at like a competitive level. Well generally is my main hobby. And I guess other than that, I mean that's how we met, so it's probably going to be a large focus of a lot of our talking points and catching up would be games and tournaments and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so I mean, pretty much, yeah. Uh, that's how we knew each other, how we met. Um, honestly, it feels really weird because this is like the first time we're both playing a fighting game right now, actually, where we haven't played each other at all. And the netco is actually good this time, so it's like in our favor. Oh, are you actually playing Strive? I've been playing Strive, man. Oh, okay. So this is interesting. <laughs> so we can we can kind of start here, and I'll I'll bring this up. This is this is a fun story, and uh, hopefully some of our other peeps get to hear this and get a laugh out of it because they're kind of aware of it as well. But our local scene, that is like majority Allentown, Philly area. And they, I know they've been kind of cracking out on the game, and locals have just started coming back, so they've been doing that and wanting to, you know, get people to come out again and get more of the people to come out that haven't been coming out, like me, as an example, um, to start coming out again to the locals. <laughs> and in the most recent local, we had Musty, who is currently playing Soul, and Digital Ramen, who's playing Leo, doing a first to ten twenty dollar money match for Musty's birthday. Because I don't know what it is with us and doing money matches on our birthdays, but that's I guess our thing now. And of course, Boom and I are degenerates, so we have to side bet on it. Because I think we've side bet or participated in basically every money match that's happened in our scene. And I side bet Boom a locals appearance. So basically, I was like, alright, like I'll I'll side bet you, and the side bet is going to be basically whether or not I show up to, to locals. Um, because I am not really a fan of Strive. Um, I haven't really liked it. I haven't talked about it. Like, I don't go out on Twitter and, like, trash the game or anything. I'm just, like, I felt like I was pretty much the only person that was like, I don't like this game. I'm not going to play it. Instead of complaining about the game and then continuing to play it 100 hours a week, right? I mean, that's the respectful thing. There's nothing worse than the person who's just like constantly shitting on the game. Like, you guys are degenerates for playing this game. Like, I think you're doing the right thing. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, I I gave a lot of feedback during the beta because I did play it, and that was a point in the game where things could still change, because it was the beta they were actively asking for feedback, put some stuff out on Twitter, filled out the survey, talked to people in discords. Um, 
voicing, you know, what I didn't like about the game, because there were still, you know, there was still time for it to change, basically, because this was the beta, and they were actively taking feedback. Uh, second beta rolls around. Some stuff had changed. Not much. Um, I didn't play the second beta nearly as much as I played the first, because it did feel very, very similar. A lot of the things that I, you know, my, the core of my dislikes from the game were still there. So by the time the game launched in more or less the same state, it didn't really change super heavily between the three, like beta one, beta two, and launch. Uh, that's when you, that's when you kind of come to realize, like, okay, this is the core of the game. Little things had gotten tweaked, you know, some character balances, the way that things worked here and there all changed a little bit. But the core of the game really didn't change at all between beta one, beta two, and launch. So this is obviously at least for this version of the game, how the game is going to be. And I wasn't a huge fan, so I just I just didn't play it. Um, which does suck a little bit, because everybody is playing it. Like, this is the big game right now, so that's why I really hadn't gone out to locals or anything. I just hadn't really bothered to like learn the game to an extent that I would feel comfortable playing it in tournament or anything and, and come out and play because I didn't want to put the time into it. So now um, with the side bet between Boom and I, um, Boom bet on Ramen because Boom and Ramen are both playing Leo, as with half our scene, apparently. Like, there's apparently four to five Leo players... <laughs> in bracket on any given day. Oh my gosh. So, um, Boom was, like, holding it down for the Leo boys, and was like, alright, I got, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna side bet on on Ramen, who wants to take this, so of course I'm like, alright, yo, you know, got a side bet. So, I, I side bet on Musty, not particularly because I believe in Musty, but just to, to side bet. Because <laughs> why not? And, uh, the like I said, the bet ended up being if Ramen won, then I have to show up to a local uh, for the first time, like post pandemic, even a little pre pandemic. I think I you know I don't think we were really coming out in force anymore, just because there wasn't really anything we were all playing. And if Musty won, then Boom had to enter the next local under my tag. So that way, my actual like. Smash GG tag would have like the entrance and more than likely the tournament win <laughs> without me ever showing up for this game that I don't play. So that was the side bet. Um, Ramen did win. I think it was like 10 4, 10 5 or something. So now I do have to show up to a local, which, of course, if I have to show up to a local, I'm going to learn how to play the game because I'm not going to show up and get washed. <laughs> so I just started learning the game like Thursday or something. Yeah, Thursday, I guess, because that's when locals were. So I basically booted it up and started learning as soon as uh, as soon as Musty lost the uh, the money match. And are you still um, playing Nago? I am playing Nago. Yes, Nago is good. I think. Um, yes, I agree. Yeah, he's he has a a few matchups. I feel like that are a little unfortunate. Um soul <laughs> being one of them but I don't really know if there is a character on the roster right now that just straight up doesn't have a losing matchup to soul I think he just like 6-4s the board if not worse 
So I it doesn't really matter if I'm not playing Soul. I'm I'm living this life regardless. So it doesn't particularly matter to me. Um and I think like six four is not the worst matchup spread in the world, you know what I mean? It's it's more than doable and I fought a, a plenty of souls and it feels like okay. Um so yeah, I'm I'm learning so I can show up to this local because I have to. And uh I'll I'm aiming for grands at least. I feel like it would I feel like it would be pretty funny if it just went back to being the boom and anti show. Especially in this game that I just started playing. <laughs> It has to happen, though. Yeah, I uh, I think I think it can. Um, I I started playing it, just kind of playing basic fundies and stuff that I knew from messing around in beta one, stealing some stuff off of like Fame Twitter stuff like that. And uh, I did get Celestial in probably like twenty games or something. Mm-hmm. Um, happened super super fast. I was just playing yesterday. Uh, I, I played some this crazy RAM that had like a ton of levels and wins and stuff that's in Celestial and uh, just played them for probably a good hour or two just grinding that matchup out which was a lot of fun it was it was rough as I tried to figure out all the all the specific stuff for the matchup because I don't really know what any of these characters are doing outside of stuff they maybe did in beta 1 so it's been it's been interesting. Um, I do think, like I said, I do think Nago is quite good. He's uh, there. There are some things that I would love for him to have, which would probably make him really strong. Like just a little bit better movement, faster, faster super jump would be probably like the best thing to ask for. Um, but like other than that, I think for the most part, his entire kit works really well. Uh, it's taken it's it's taken a lot to get used to the blood rage stuff. I still accidentally put myself in blood rage sometimes because I'm just not actively thinking about it. So that's yeah. another thing to get used to. It's just doing math all the time while playing. Yeah, I can imagine it. I mean, as long as you're like better than the majority of that play players who just like activate, they don't care. They're just playing the character. They don't care what happens. They're just gonna activate regardless. Yeah. So. It's yeah, like I mean, he's cool. I think mean, he definitely fits my play style. Uh, I don't really know if there's anybody else in the cast that uh, that I would honestly really want to be playing. Like, I think the the closest maybe to Tanago in terms of like a character that I would want to play is maybe Anji, um, who you know people are also not particularly high on. They don't think he's very very strong either. So. <laughs> it, I feel like you always lean to these characters who are just like always are usually rated pretty lowly, and then like <laughs> maybe you get the buff with the patch or something like that. But it's usually always like Susano and other stuff that's like. Although I think he's rated like mid or right. Or is he who Susan? Yeah. Oh yeah, Susan's honestly high mid or low high tier by now, um, especially in tournament setting because of how explosive he is so it really depends on like what you value in a character especially for tournament setting I know like Japan tier lists usually have Susan much higher than we do in the west uh, because they're just scared of 
how explosive the character is and you could just straight up die and you know your your tournament run is over because you got Susan. So he's he's quite strong now, which was, you know, much better than where he started, aka a non complete character that was bottom one. So that was that was definitely a rough start for him. And I mean since you like, you know, big characters, big neutral, I think you'll be trying to go Lewis out, right? Uh no, I'm a hitbox player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was very sad to see his move set because I actually did want to try Gold Lewis now. I think his design is sick. Man carries around an alien in a coffin. Like he's pretty dope. Um But yeah, unfortunately when your entire move set is directional half circles, <laughs> uh, I'm not doing that on the hitbox. <laughs> Dog, I'm not even doing that on a stick. Like, uh-uh. I feel like I feel like the stick would be interesting because even if you get a misinput, quote unquote, you're still swinging the coffin in some direction. Yeah, true. That is so right. it almost it almost falls into the if I don't know what I'm doing, my opponent doesn't know <laughs> what I'm doing. Isn't it always a guard break anyway? So it doesn't really matter. I think a lot of them are. Like he seems very strong. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if this character is gonna be okay. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> so he like he looks very cool. He has he has a very cool kit. Um, very interesting like design for playstyle because he's a big body with set play tools. Mm-hmm. Like. They gave him the drone and the orbital cannon super that both cause like like lockdown. Yeah. So you can like knock people down and set, you know, do set play on a big body. And I feel like that's really interesting because I don't really know or I can't really think of off of like the top of my head, like if there's really ever been like an anime big body that was like set play oriented. Maybe they were just like. You know, big bodies always have to work to get in. We're going to give you a big body who, once he gets in, just set play. You can always stay in. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting. Like, the closest thing that I could maybe think about is, like, Justice from Old Guilty Gear, but, like, she's still, like, very different. Like, this man's yeah. got to run. Like, <laughs> I, don't know if, I, I don't know if he had an air dash or not, honestly. I, I can't either. remember. What's that? I don't know either, yeah. Yeah, so, like, showcase. I, I don't... I don't particularly remember hearing anything about him having like limited movement options or different movement systems. I think he might just have like a slower, like slower run speed and slower like air dash startup, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I, if he does, like he might have all the normal movement tools. So I really can't think too much of a of a big body that's ever acted like this before. Yeah, he's really interesting. Yep. So. It's cool. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm gonna hate dealing with this character because just <laughs> another big character with big buttons, and then also the set play, and then also having like better mobility uh, makes the matchup sound really bad right off the bat. <laughs> so we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, but that'd be interesting. I, I guess at the same time, he probably doesn't have anything reversal-wise outside of maybe the not-orbital cannon super. Yeah. I don't so, think I saw anything either, so it's definitely, like, he has to block on wake-up, or I hope he has meter. 
Yeah, so that's the only thing that, like, I guess, especially with him being a big body as well, you're going to be able to do certain pressure strings, fuzzies that, you know, you can't do on every character. And if he doesn't have an easy way out, then that could be where you have to take advantage of the matchup. So. But that's that's the strive situation. Um, at the very least, I've been more or less enjoying myself playing Nago. Um, like I said, not not the huge, you know, hugest fan of the game, but I also feel like because I'm not taking it that seriously, I don't really ever care what happens. Like none of the none of the characters are really like grinding on me or like tilting me or anything. I'm just I'm just playing because of like necessity at this point, just because <laughs> of the the side bet. So yeah, I mean I feel you on that. Like I enjoy it at the same time. It's like. Uh, I don't know. I enjoy it. I do like it, but I'm playing solo as well. I I was, a, I was gonna ask. I figured I figured you were, but I didn't know what character you were playing yet. Solo so. is Dice Vision, man. I, yeah, wish, I, mean, <laughs> I wish every character was like him in the game, and then it'd be a little more fun to play. Yeah, because like, I feel. Wait, what are you gonna say? I said I feel like this happens really recently with new games. Like this is I feel like this is a consistent thing, right? You've got like like every every new game is getting like so simplified in certain ways that just one character like inevitably j- just isn't playing the same game. Like <laughs> somebody finds something that just makes this character play an entirely different game. And then everyone's mindset is immediately like, damn, if every character just played this way, then the game would be fun. Yeah. So, like, I feel like Street Fighter V happened that way. I feel like Dragon Ball happened that way. Everybody was complaining so much about how, like, homogenous the roster felt. Like, every character was basically doing almost the exact same thing with the launch roster. You know, we had a couple of different characters, like Piccolo and Kid Buu, that were doing, like, completely different things uh, other than just, you know, the generic like like the entire Saiyan roster basically played almost the exact same, like, off the jump. So, like, that, Street Fighter V, uh, I feel like Grand Blue did this, where everybody was like, damn, if every character was just Grand and or Fairy, like, this game would be crazy, but instead, you know, you've just got Grand booting people from full screen and being <laughs> plus. So... It's like, it's interesting. It's interesting that it keeps happening, but it's also kind of annoying because I feel like somebody should have learned their lesson by now. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea why it keeps happening. I don't know why they aren't learning. But honestly, that's what I wish the game... Like, I remember playing... I think it was the second... No, it wasn't the second beta. Whichever one. It was the one in between. So there's the original first beta where... It was still delay based, and I was like, "Fuck!" I didn't play that at all. Uh, I think it was the other beta where they showed the rollback. Oh, I guess yeah. I guess I should clarify too, because you're right. I forgot that there was an original, original beta where yeah. it was still delay based. I didn't even play that one. <laughs> I literally just 
played against the computer. Like, that was it. Like, I didn't bother with, like, the delay base at all. Yeah, dude, I don't know what was... <laughs> I don't know what was really going on in my life or whatever at that time, but I completely forgot. Like, I didn't even touch it. Like, it wasn't on my radar at all. I did not care. Um, and especially with it being delay-based, I, like, I was not booting that shit up. So, I guess when I was talking about, like, Beta 1, Beta 2, and launch earlier, I specifically mean rollback Beta 1, rollback Beta 2, and then yeah. launch. Because there were two rollback Betas. Yeah. So... I remember playing on the first one where like Giovanna was included, and I was like, "This character is really cool." And then I played Soul, and I was like, "Man, Giovanna has to do so much other stuff, and Soul is just like 5K success into the world. You do whatever you want." Yeah, and it's just like, man, I really wish Giovanna had like a kit like, like uh, it's really weird how like them simplifying the Gatlins kind of makes some of the stuff feel like almost kind of worthless like um i don't know i don't play giovanna now so i can't really speak on it too much but like i remember playing the beta and it's like my punch button is really don't i mean it's her fastest button but it doesn't feel like there's any use for it because what can i do 5p into 6p and if they do yeah bar, it's like there's no use to that yeah, they're just Abare buttons now, and you'll like you'll Abare into like a small confirm. Hopefully, that leads to a knockdown character dependent, and then just try to run your game from there, so that way you can get your actual like hits in and your actual game plan running. And even like with with a character like Soul, especially, you've got a three frame five K. Like, what are you ever gonna <laughs> press five P for? And the funny thing is, if you do press 5P, like, if you mash out with 5P, because you can at least... 5K, like, sucks on whiff, but 5P is at least better on whiff, and you can mash it out. You get a hard knockdown, because you get 5P times, like, 3 into 6H. And you get a hard knockdown for just mashing out. Interesting. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's like, this character has so much privilege, whereas the other ones have to work so hard. Yeah. But yeah, I've I've been experimenting a lot with Nago 6P uh, recently because I just feel like against some characters, it's like I've been just trying to figure out essentially what it can go through. I've been like 6Ping through Ram Swords and stuff just mm -hmm. just to to test and see if I can hit her while she's trying to do it. Like, are the explosions still catching me? And it's like the Nago like Abare is interesting because he he's only got a five frame. So there's quite a few characters in the cast that either just get to contest him for free on, in certain situations, or you have to like play mind games with either clash or you know baiting out certain things. And he gets decent reward from his Abari because you can just cancel his light normals into two one four H the mm -hmm. spin. So like that gives you knockdown. You get to OTG the knockdown, and then you. Fukio, the OTG in your plus, and then you can do like some type of mix. So it's very it is it's very interesting. Um where I, I agree where the Gatlings feel like very stifling. And I do feel like it makes repetitive gameplay to an extent, because I'm not really I feel like I'm not really choosing specific buttons for specific situations as much. Yeah. It's like, if my only Gatling is either 5P 
into one of my command normals and the only command normal that it will combo into being 6p then I'm, I'm really gonna realistically be mashing my 5p because that's my 5 frame if I'm trying to mash out you know hit confirm that you know 5p 5p hit confirm that into 6p and then do spin otg dash forward and then we play rps you know mm-hmm. they, are they gonna dp if they have one are they gonna sit still and block close slash and i'm plus three and then i i do the next set of sequence they're trying to jump and get hit by close slash at a startup and then they die because that's how this game works so <laughs> it's like it's very very interesting yeah i mean I'm writing it out for now. I want to see... I mean, we already know what the DLC characters are, but I still want to see how they're implemented or whatever. So, I don't know. I heard... Oh. I heard there was a leak, and I assume that because Gold Lewis was first, that's why most people are saying it's confirmed? Yeah. Pretty much. (laughs) Once the game got released on Steam, they data mined that game. Like, the first day. And... I honestly forget which characters it was because it's like, oh, this happened and whatever. Um, I forget who. Jam is there. Go, Lewis. Did you see the story mode at all? I have not. Okay. Do you know anything about Gucci Gear story? Because I know it's very complicated. Sort of. <laughs> so, is now in that weird territory where there's that man. Finally, let's go. He's finally announced, but that man has a alter ego or whatever. He's split into two. So is that man and I forget the other guy's name. Chaos, Happy Chaos is what it is. So I think that man, Azuka, is either playable or is Happy Chaos. One of those are playable. Um, I forget the rest. I think those Gold Lewis and one of those two were the only new people, and the rest were. Turning people, I know. Jim. So, yeah. So this, uh, I don't. I just googled it real quick. So seeing seeing what it is, which I guess spoiler warnings. Um, <laughs> they have Oscar, Chaos, Gold Lewis, Jam, and Jacko. Okay, so yeah, Jam and Jacko is the only returning ones. The other ones are from the story. Interesting, and I. I, that is interesting that that man is currently split between Asuka and Happy Chaos. Yo, Happy Chaos is your character. If you have not seen really? him, look, look him up and just look at his image. That is totally your character. Oh, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen random pictures of this dude. Huh. Is he a Valentine? I do not know. <laughs> I haven't finished the story mode yet, so yeah, I don't know what he is. He, uh, what's the name? There was that character from the end of Extra Story, whatever, who's been locked down inside a prison, whatever. He comes from out of her. I honestly don't know, man. <laughs> it's guilty your story. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I mean, <laughs> I guess we'll see. I've wanted Batman to be playable forever because yeah, you got two Batmans. Yeah, well, but now that's kind of whack. <laughs> <laughs> like, I what I what I remember and what I would really 
kind of still want, I feel like, and it's a little sad that it's not happening, but do you remember when the uh, Guilty Gear Pachinko art got, like, leaked? I everybody... (laughs) Go ahead. I was saying, everybody was, like, going crazy over it because they were assuming that these were based on Exard's character designs, which would have been different than the most recent series, because mm-hmm. this is the time when Exar was just coming out. Or, or hasn't, or it wasn't out yet. It was, like, announced, but nobody knew anything about it. They weren't, like, releasing anything. And these pachinko images got leaked. And I specifically remember the design for that man and Slayer both were super, super good. And Zappa, for that matter. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, like, were really excited because they thought we were finally getting that man as a playable character. Everybody liked his design from the Pachinko images. Slayer's Pachinko design was ridiculous. Was, like, I feel like it's uh, like the Slayer design specifically. I can't believe they didn't use because he just looked exactly like he always has, which isn't bad. Slayer's got a great design, but it would have been a good time to switch it up a little bit. And like they already had this version for the pachinko thing like made up and man he looked sick but I am a little sad if uh if this version of that man is not the one we're going to get because it's really cool yeah I I don't think we're getting that version yeah I doubt it happy chaos is your character man yeah yeah I mean, I'm. I'll definitely be down to try him. Like, if I mean, I guess even if I'm not playing the game, even at that point, I I do have the season pass because I got the like deluxe bundle or whatever. Yeah, me too. So I'll mess around with him whenever he shows up, whether I'm still playing or not. It's interesting. <laughs> so, what's been going on for your week? Tell me what you've been up to this week. This week, honestly, not much. It's mostly just been working, and the like. Probably the craziest thing that happened this week overall was the uh, was the whole like side bets in in local situation, which was a pretty fun night to kind of just stream monster and talk crap and you know <laughs> see the results of the of the match since uh, Boom and I were side betting on it. And now you are a go-to gear player. I am now technically a Guilty Gear player, yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, otherwise, I I do... I feel like it's... Uh, it's pretty strange, I guess, like, post-pandemic. I really feel like I'm still not doing all that much. Yeah. Go to work, come home, play some games, potentially, or watch something or read something. Um, haven't really made efforts to, to go out and do things I mean we're with locals we're pretty close to like another wave of COVID anyway so yeah <laughs> so yeah. I mean I don't blame you so it's uh it's fun <laughs> um I guess like at the very least if Strive is the game that people will want to be playing it's got good netcode yeah so like you know if we go back into lockdown status then we at least still play the game. Yeah. 
But yeah, I I honestly, I mean, I guess kind of the whole point of like the podcast is I didn't even know that you were playing. So this is something where, <laughs> you know, we definitely should get some games in. Yeah. I mean, so I play uh, with my newer job. It's kind of hard. That and this past week has been kind of busy. This upcoming week has been, it will be busy, busy as well. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, recently I you know already we bought the house and man, it's so much stuff to do <laughs> like all the time. A lot of my free time is like mowing the you, like mowing the lawn, doing other stuff, cleaning up the house. Um, so it's certain days where like even then I'm just on midday. Like I don't even get on at night or anything. Um, this past week we Maisha and I have like started swimming lessons at the Y. So every day after work at 7 p.m. we're like there swimming so it's been a like very week very busy week for me um but yeah usually on weekends so i usually try to dedicate like one day like saturday or sunday to just like sit down and play for like four hours four two to four hours yeah is the um is the swimming lessons to learn like proper swimming technique or does maisha not swim so she doesn't know how to swim and okay. I learned when I was, uh, like, I used to go to this camp, uh, where they would take us swimming and everything, and it's really weird, because my shit won't believe me, but they taught us, like, how to swim. I even learned how to dive, how to tread water and all that. I don't mm-hmm. know, how, I don't remember how to do any of it, so I'm, like, pretty much learning from scratch again, so, oh, yeah, that's what we've been up to. Uh, did you watch anything this week? Uh, I've been watching Dragon Maid. <laughs> how has that been dude it's so good <laughs> like uh, one of the big things for me specifically is generally speaking um, usually pure comedy cannot carry anything for me uh, it's just like I, I couldn't watch like like a comedy special or go out to like a live comedy show mm-hmm. it, it, it's just it, it doesn't do anything for me so I'm always really surprised when there's specifically things that are rooted solely in comedy or like you know 90% comedy is is the point of either the show or whatever it is um that I legitimately enjoy but season 1 of Dragon Maid was was definitely that uh I love this show and season two is continuing to be super super good and I feel like it's just I feel like it's one of those animes and they're like there are very few of these I feel like uh, at least legitimately but it's one of those animes that I feel like after seeing the anime adaptation of it it, I would never be able to go back and read it just the the voice acting, the characteristics, the little like inflections and enunciations <laughs> on things, like make the characters. Yeah, that sounds like something you can't just read. Like you have to watch. Dude, the comedic timing of Dragon Maid is absurd. It's so good. Like the pacing of the show is breakneck. It just never slows down, and. 
I feel like just reading something like this, like I don't know how many chapters they fit in an episode, <laughs> but I kind of feel like there's like these little like insert cards that have like little like funny symbols or like like Unicode faces and stuff on them. And I feel like each of those little insert cards in every episode is like kind of your your indication that you just like jump to a new chapter, basically. Mm-hmm. And they usually go through, like, three of those an episode. So, I, I really do feel like they they move through the content super, super fast. But it's, like, it's a huge charm of the show. It's just, like, everybody, like, talks really fast. Everybody has, like, these really, like, crazy outbursts and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's, like, it's so good. And it reminds me a lot of um, Kaguya. In, in this regard where I feel like I would never be able to like go back and like read Kaguya because just it, it's a very similar type of show where you know comedy is there to carry 90% of the plot and the interactions and everything like that mm-hmm. and just the voice actors bring so much to it and I feel like it's one of the only other anime examples that I can even think of that just the the anime adaptation is just so much more than the source material because of what the the voice acting and the animation brings to it. Yeah, it sounds sounds really funny. I don't know if I would be in on it because I don't know. It's just something about it, but it does sound really good. Yeah, I feel like if you're gonna watch anything, I feel like you should watch the Kaguya dub. I remember we were talking about that a little <laughs> bit one time, and I put like highlight reel in one of the Discord channels or something. Yeah, dude, the Kaguya dub is insane. I've been hearing a lot about that. I need to pick it up, dude. They, this is this is the correct way to dub anything. <laughs> like, they realized that there was absolutely no chance that they were topping the the Japanese seiyus like trying to do the same thing mm-hmm. so they just went off the walls crazy with it like the the narrator in the Japanese version is this like really deep voiced like stoic sounds like an older man like <laughs> just narrating as like this like you know floating entity that never interacts with anybody and then the dub narrator is just like just some like super nerded out like bro weeb <laughs> like I swear <laughs> it's completely completely ridiculous yeah that sounds really good alright I may pick that up on dub yeah. um actually this week I binged the hell out of Beastars man <laughs> season oh, 2 I haven't, I haven't watched it yet I haven't even watched season 1 watch these on? dude Oh my god! Do you, what do you know about B stars? <laughs> um, I know about the wolf and the rabbit and lots of furry jokes. So yeah, <laughs> I like. I originally I don't know how I ended up on it. I think I was just like, you know what? Oh, I remember I was hearing about it from one podcast. So I was like, man, this doesn't sound. When I heard about it, I was like, wolf and a rabbit and a deer and like a love triangle. I was like, this doesn't sound good. I was expecting Twilight. <laughs> And then towards the end of season one, it gets like one of the Yakuza games. What? (laughs) 
And then season two is like a mystery show. Oh my god. Duck. And then the wolf becomes Batman. Like, it's, it's so good, man. <laughs> like, like, literally, like, has like a like a second vigilante persona. <laughs> he does or... have a second vigilante persona, but okay. <laughs> he literally is like going around beating up people for eating meat. <laughs> and is this like and is this like a uh oh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Is this like is this like a big turn for this show? Does it like just like hit this certain point and then go entirely off the rails? Or no. is it kind of like this from the jump? <laughs> no, so it's actually like <laughs> it's really weird. I don't even know. So off the jump it's like more drama. I mean it's still pretty dramatic throughout the whole show. Um, But off the jump it's like I even forget that this happened in season one. It was the first thing that happened. It was like another... Because these, all these people, the deer, the rabbit, the wolf, they're all in school. So, like, right. it's herbivores and carnivores. And they're trying to learn how to live together while going to school. So, one of, like, a alpaca gets eaten on the first episode. And I honestly forget it happens. And it's, like, it's not really that important during season one. But then season two, like, we go back to, like, who killed the alpaca. But season one it just like all of a sudden like got to this point where this dude is just that point came out of nowhere the it just turned into like we gotta fight the mob boss now and <laughs> fight the yakuza so i'm trying not to, i'm trying to like speak as roundabout without swallowing it sure yeah <laughs> so like they have this big thing where he's running through this Yakuza building and just being up all this Yakuza. Fights the boss. And it's like, it's really weird because it includes like animal aspects as well. Like, the wolf's one of the strongest things about the wolf is his jaw power. So he can bite down on people. Right. Um, and it gets to a point like in season two, he can't tell who's like attacking him because he has a cold and he can't use his sense of smell to like point the person out because he has a strong sense of smell but uh yeah it just all of a sudden goes to yakuza and then like that actually becomes a focal point in like the second season like yakuza still there um now the wolf is like fighting i don't know man (laughs) there's strippers in there there's strippers in the show But oh it's like God. all serious and it's like really cool. I still like it. Uh, yeah. It reminds me a little bit of like kind of near like how the robots near Automata where like the robots have human features. It's kind of like right. they humanize the animals and it doesn't come off as like super pompous but I don't know. At the end of when I finished season two I was like that was pretty wholesome man. I was kind of glad I watched it. Does it does it end season two on like a this is where the series is ending type of thing or no. is it gonna do season three? So I think it's confirmed for season three. The manga it, it comes from a manga and it's completely done. So hopefully gotcha. all of it is animated. But man, it's so good. I never wanted to see a wolf fuck a rabbit until that show, man. <laughs>
Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I have to like check it out at some point. I've heard lots of good things about it from multiple people, and it's just one of those things where it's just like it was always like sort of on the radar, just not very high up there, and you know things just backlog gets in the way. <laughs> But I feel like I'm sort of, like, running out of a lot of stuff to either, like, read or watch right now that I that, that I really want to. Or I'm just, like, waiting for, you know, either weekly or monthly releases to come out. So. Yeah. Um, have you seen any movies recently? Any of the... I don't know. Uh, so, I mean, the big thing that I've probably been watching otherwise has just been the Marvel content. Mm-hmm. Um... So, WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Loki, and Black Widow, all through Disney Plus. Yeah. So, have you seen all or any of them? So, that is my problem right now. I so I feel because I have Netflix, I have Hulu. I feel really morally conflicted about getting Disney Plus as well because I'm like, I might as well just pay for cable at this point. And it's almost like that. I mean, it honestly, wouldn't be that bad. It'd probably be like. Honestly, all together, thirty-five a month or something like that. But I, just, I feel like I feel like you can bundle Hulu and Disney too, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Like, I would definitely suggest it as somebody that I know has watched a lot of the Marvel stuff. Assuming that you're like still interested in in the universe of like the MCU post Endgame. I don't know. Like, I hear good stuff, so I kind of kind of was like out post Endgame. I was like, I'm okay with lightly and as is, but so many people keep talking about stuff and it's constantly on my radar. So it's like, oh no, I constantly think about getting back in there. It's it, it's good and you know, trying to like I'll I'll try to avoid spoilers and everything like that. But basically, the Disney Plus stuff is like required watching for all you know the future of the entirety of the MCU yeah they're not just like side projects or like non-canon filler or anything like that mm-hmm. and like the whole like idea of like worrying about paying for cable and stuff like that like the uh the Disney Plus stuff isn't going to be on cable it's only Disney Plus so there's like three separate you know shows right now that are required viewing for the MCU that are only on Disney Plus as an example so I definitely, definitely would suggest it. I think it's, I I think it's worth it personally. And as far as the streaming services are concerned, it's probably the one that I use the most. Um, you know, in in large part due to the fact that there's Marvel and Star Wars mm-hmm. on Disney. Yeah. So it's it's got a lot of content on there, and it's I think it's one of the cheaper streaming services as well like when it launched originally I think it was only like six ninety nine a month or like 70 for the year or something mm-hmm. so it's it's definitely not bad but that's that's the big thing that I'm that I've been watching um Loki just ended this not this past week but two weeks ago I think and had like super big implications for the entirety of the uh, the future of like the Marvel movies and shows and everything just gigantic crazy stuff happening so it's it's cool that it's happening in these like shows as well that it's not only the movies mm-hmm. um but it was really good i i think i personally i think loki was the best of the disney plus shows and i'm glad that it got 
uh, confirmed for a second season. It's going to have these really big sweeping consequences for the entirety of the uh, of the Marvel universe for the cinematic stuff. So, and specifically the big thing I'm looking forward to, which has nothing to do with any of the movies that have happened. There's really no confirmation or anything about this thing happening, except that we just all know that it's going to at some point is that we're finally going to get Dr. Doom in the MCU. And I'm just like, so stoked about it. Cause he's yeah. my favorite Marvel character. He's really good. And he's, and he's like, he has grown to be so much more than just a fantastic four villain. Like he is just, he's what they call like a galactal or like uh what is it like a cosmic level threat i guess like he just he he's so ridiculous that you know the entire universe is sometimes at stake whenever he's randomly trying to do things so he's just grown to be so much more than just you know a, a villain for the fantastic four so now that they disney has the the fox rights so they get x-men and fantastic four and all that back I, th- I think the biggest thing that they gained from all of that is Doctor Doom versus any of the other characters because he's that type of character where he can be the Thanos level threat in a future phase where he's the reason that everybody needs to band together to do something which they'll have to continue kind of having those style of threats and upping the ante to continue yeah. to justify making a bunch of different Avengers teams you know yeah, where was the Eternals at when Thanos was happening? So, I mean, there's a reason for that. <laughs> Which, like, of course there is. Like, you know, there has to be. Yeah. Um, But specifically, and, like, this sort of falls into spoiler territory, but also sort of doesn't, because obviously nobody knows what's going to happen in the movie exactly. Mm-hmm. But from what it seems, um, the Eternals storyline that they're going with specifically is based on the Neil Gaiman uh, graphic novel. It was like a, it was a one-shot large graphic novel by Neil Gaiman. I actually own like a hardcover copy of it. Um, and this seems to be the storyline that they're pulling from for the Eternals, which is a very good choice because it's easily their most popular piece of media. Mm-hmm. Um, Eternals got canceled at multiple times throughout their their comic runs and never really caught on and this specific story that Neil Gaiman told was like the most popular the characters had ever been and it was only a one shot it wasn't a continued series or anything so I think this is definitely the right place to pull from if they're gonna you know if they were ever gonna make an Eternals thing and in that storyline one of the Eternals specifically has the powers to alter and wipe memory which they basically do to themselves to ensure that they don't interfere with the lives of humans because they had grown too attached and basically were like failing their mission because they were starting to care for humans more than the celestials. Hmm. So they literally wipe their own memories of being Eternals and live as normal humans so that way they can't more or less band together, band on the side of humans, and fight celestial beings instead. So, again, I'm not going to get into too many spoilers from that story, because it really does seem like that's what they're drawing on. Mm -hmm. But the general idea is that they basically feel like they have to do this in order to not 
essentially go against their own makers. And that would be why they weren't around when the Thanos thing was happening is because they legitimately have no memory of knowing that they're Eternals. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, so, I mean, like, again, (laughs) if they're ever going to make anything post-Endgame, they're more or less always going to have to now be a reason (laughs) as to, like, why weren't you there (laughs) when this this crazy thing was happening? Um, Which, like, to an extent, sort of sucks. But... I mean, for the most part, like, it's, it's comics. Like, we are we are nowhere near the... <laughs> the most convoluted of comics things. Like, we're not even close. Yeah. So, if people if people are upset about this, there's gonna be, uh... I feel like a lot of people will start jumping off the band... Like, start jumping off the bandwagon sooner than later. Because it's... It's gonna get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, I mean that stuff. I definitely do think I may get Disney Plus for that reason. Like, I was already invested into majority of that stuff, so catch up on it would be good. I don't know how I feel about Black Widow though. I don't know if I really want to see that. It was all right. Um, I do think it was one of the weaker Marvel movies overall, and mm-hmm. like. <sighs> To an extent, it's not required viewing. You could kind of just, like, read up on it and get an idea of, like, yeah, we know what happens before and after because it takes place in between two movies. Um, So, like, it it doesn't have anything really truly world-shaking, not until, like, the after-credits stuff because that's how they do it Mm -hmm. where they set up the next project or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um... But it's not terrible. It's just okay. It's it's a decent movie. Um, I think the bigger thing specifically, like the thing that probably annoys me the most about Black Widow as a movie and as a whole is just specifically the handling of Taskmaster. That's what I was going to ask you. I can deal with the spoiler. I don't know about whoever listens, listens. But does Taskmaster die? No. All right, good. Yeah. So, Taskmaster does not die, um, and I personally hope that this is not the Taskmaster. So, stuff happens in the movie that kind of leaves the door a little bit open that this character is not actually Taskmaster. So, like, with avoiding as many spoilers as possible the character that is acting as Taskmaster in the movie is basically utilizing something almost more similar to a like a power armor mm-hmm. like an Iron Man style like you know full body armor mm-hmm. and is running something called the Taskmaster Protocol mm-hmm. which analyzes records and then plays back fights from heroes basically okay so, so it like it imparts the taskmaster abilities onto the wearer via like technology um and again like without getting into spoilers it, it's it's like something that's basically required for this character but i'm i'm hoping as somebody again i i'm a villain fan i i live for the villains more than the heroes generally and this in my opinion, is not an acceptable iteration 
of Taskmaster. And I think with them specifically calling it the Taskmaster Protocol, Mm -hmm. um, I believe they're doing on purpose because the character is not Taskmaster. And he might be like, Taskmaster's a mercenary, you know, black market, Yakuza, whatever. Uh, More or less will always go where the money is. He's been on the side of the Avengers, he's been on the side of the Masters of Evil, he's been on Thunderbolts, doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. It's basically wherever the money's at. And my thought process would be he's out there in the MCU essentially selling this program that he made because of his own abilities mm-hmm. so he can make money. Okay, that would be cool. Right, I agree. So I hope that's the case, or at least something similar. Um, just the, the the character from Black Widow is not Taskmaster. Um, it, it, the closest analog that I can think of is how and how the character makes me feel. And I've said this to some people, and everyone's like, "Whoa, whoa, it's not that bad." But when they did the Wolverine Origins movie and they utilized the Deadpool character as like that final villain. Mm-hmm. And it was Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> and like they sewed his mouth shut, and he's like, he's got like eye beams and all this other crazy <laughs> stuff, and it's like, bro, like this is not Deadpool, right? <laughs> like this is this is only Deadpool in name and nothing else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like that. And again, a lot of people have been like, whoa, that's like that's way too far. It's there's, there's nowhere near. Uh, nowhere near that bad of a of a like a disjoint I guess Mm -hmm. but it's the only thing that I can think of that even sort of makes like that sort of feels similar to me that I can think of Um, I I definitely just think that uh, this was Taskmaster in name alone and that's about it and I'm very much hoping that we get the quote-unquote real Taskmaster in whatever whatever he shows up in later on. Just like how we got a, a Deadpool redemption and everybody absolutely loves Deadpool. <laughs> and even let Ryan Reynolds do it again, you know what I mean? They just yeah. fixed it. So I'm it's like... Bit. Right, exactly. So it's like, you know, I I don't care how they do it. I just, general, I, I just genuinely feel that this is not Taskmaster. So I, I definitely think we'll be seeing something different in the future. But that would be my biggest gripe with the movie overall, and that's mm-hmm. a very personal thing with caring, again, about the villains. Um, it was okay overall. And the action set pieces were good. Like, Taskmaster's fights were really cool. But that's about it. Yeah. I mean... For a movie that was like a flashback, I was like, I don't know if I had any attachment to it. So, I mean, I would definitely check it out because if I have Disney Plus, it's free anyway. But it's like, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's something that you could probably do is like right now, Black Widow's on like Premiere Access. Mm-hmm. So you would have to buy it on top of having the Disney Plus subscription. Mm hmm. Which I did do because multiple people watched it. Yeah. So it's it's no more expensive than going out to a movie theater. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really bother me to do that. 
Um, but I feel like in your situation, you could easily like pick up Disney Plus, get through WandaVision, get through Falcon and Winter Soldier, get through Loki, and then probably by the time that all of that is done, you're going to start getting near the spot where uh, Black Widow is off of Premiere Access, and you can just watch it. So. Yeah. So, about the Activision. Yeah, so. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of, I mean... It, especially with what happened over the pandemic, which man, this is like way too much to cover because obviously we're not sitting here for five hours. <laughs> but dude, I feel like every every community, every company, every like relatively like I, I don't know, quote unquote famous person like in any kind of like gaming community or industry basically got entirely exposed <laughs> during the pandemic dude everybody just i guess figured you know what fuck it like it can't get any worse so this is the time you know i honestly because we've been living in a pandemic like time just seems relative Right? I forgot that everything happened. Like we literally watched Evo like get burned down and sold to Sony. Yes, and <laughs> the entire smashing like collapsed it on itself. Yeah, like bro, so much with, and, and it wasn't just fighting games. Riot had its huge scandals. Activision Blizzard's going through theirs now. Ubisoft's been going through theirs. They had like a fake hostage situation at one point. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, it's crazy. And the so the the point behind this is that I am not surprised, uh, unfortunately, at what I'm at what I'm hearing. And I I fortunately feel like this probably just exists in in basically any gaming related company at this point, and that sucks. Um it's at the very I feel like to an extent I haven't been somebody that actively has been supporting modern Blizzard and modern Activision in any regard Mm -hmm. don't play retail wow don't play haven't ever played Call of Duty Um, I even stopped playing Hearthstone not over this but just at some point during the pandemic uh even even pre-pandemic, uh, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. they switched Hearthstone's yearly model over to three expansions a year, or like three new card sets a year. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's terribly different for something that's using a modern format, like Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, or Pokemon, TCG... Like you go through cards really fast. Um, they cards are constantly getting banned or limited, or entire sets get rotated out, or new things get printed that just warp the meta in such a way that old metas don't even work anymore. Um, so it's not because they did that, because as a TCG player in general, I'm I'm sort of used to that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's mostly just because especially during pandemic time frame 
I just I don't know. It's just like I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't logging in as much. Maybe I didn't love what they were doing during a specific set or something. I can't even super remember anymore. But I just decided that I was kind of done playing and I haven't bought any of the the recent expansions or logged in for dailies or kept up with anything. I just I just stopped playing. It was almost cold turkey. Yeah. And I I feel like this happens honestly to probably most people that play TCGs yeah. uh, either something else will catch their attention whether it be a new TCG or something else or just just something will happen with either meta or monetization or something where somebody you just hit that point where you're kind of done keeping up with it all and that happened that happened for me over pandemic so uh, the only blizzard based thing that I'm even still playing currently is burning crusade classic uh, specifically because Burning Crusade was my favorite expansion of World of Warcraft, which was the very first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm playing it again. I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's an older game. I've already played it once. Kind of know how to do everything, so it's also not terribly time-consuming. I basically hit the point where I'm just raid logging. I log in, I raid, log out, and I'm doing other stuff during the downtime. Mostly Strive recently. Um, and I know that once BC is over, I'm not going to play Lich King, which would be the next expansion for Classic. Mm-hmm. Like, in my opinion, that was the beginning of the end for the entirety of WoW as a game. So, like, I don't have much interest in going through that again because I don't like it. So, once once Burning Crusade Classic is over, uh, if not before then, because, I mean, there's a very real possibility that depending on how things go or decisions that Blizzard as a company makes even in in how it affects Classic. Uh, if if things happen that just completely turn me off from even wanting to play Classic BC, then I'm just out of there regardless. But as of right now, like the stuff that's going on with with the the Blizzard Activision and you know the lawsuit and everything like that, like I said, I mean it's it's almost expected at this point, I feel like, for every gaming company, which is absolutely crazy. Did you hear about some of the stuff in that lawsuit? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, like I said, I think it says a lot as well when uh, you take a look at everything and you kind of realize that these like these big industry veterans and a lot of these people that are in power in the industry uh, don't just work at one place their entire career and specifically quite a lot of the old Blizzard Guard went to Riot who also had these problems like almost the exact same issues and it's like that, and that's how you like it's it's like completely just ingrained in like in this entire like gaming industry, and it's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, because it, I mean, and the other issue is, of course, you know, <laughs> Riot went through these almost exact same issues, had allegations and lawsuits and stuff brought up against them, did whatever it did basically swept it all under the rug and you know put it all behind them or whatever 
And I mean, for, for an extent, I can't imagine that a lot of this got fixed at all. <laughs> and everybody more or less is just like already over it. And it sucks because that's probably just going to mean that it keeps continuing. But even in our community, specifically within FGC, you know, Riot's making a fighting game. And I guarantee a ton of people will play it when it comes out. And it would be, it would be the same people that would be, you know, crapping all over Blizzard right now. Yeah. Like, for sure. And it's like, and this is this is the inherent problem overall. And it's like, it's it's hard, you know. There's systemic change needs to happen in a lot of different places. Yeah. And uh, who knows when that's going to happen? Hopefully sooner than later, obviously. But it really is one of those things where I, I legitimately feel like there's there's plenty of you know people right now that you could screen grab talking about what's going on in Blizzard and, you know, how horrendous it is and stuff like that, and then just, you know, catch them in two years playing the Riot fighting game, which, for all intents and purposes, is basically the exact same company. Even, like I said, even a large majority of the people that are in power in Riot were Blizzard Old Guard. So, you know. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It is really frustrating that, like, that culture is, like, so ingrained into pretty much that mindset is ingrained to the whole culture of it and it's just like i don't know you think with more stuff i mean it's not even about consequences but like you think people would just want to be better but it's just like they don't care and until stuff like this happens which right. no one like activision's track record anyway activision blizzard they're just gonna announce like something new again like oh, the, I- the first time this happened, like, that's when we got Overwatch 2, which I have no idea we even needed Overwatch 2. Right. Which, I mean, even specifically speaking of Overwatch and Overwatch 2, Jeff Kaplan, you know, left the company, which Overwatch was always his baby. And, I mean, one of the crazy things is that some of the allegations being brought up are against, you know, Jeff Kaplan. So it's like, it's it's one of those things where it goes back so far and even these people where nowadays you know I'd assume at least to an extent and as they got older they probably became better people mm-hmm. but like there's I mean, it just comes down to basically there's probably nobody in the company that's perfect at, at the very least that are not directly the victims so like you know, the thing that people bring up a lot of the time with Kaplan is Kaplan used to play EverQuest before he got brought on to the WoW team, you know, and became a quest developer for WoW before going off and branching and doing a whole bunch of other stuff with the company. But, like, his character's name in EverQuest in and of itself was Tiggle Biddies. <laughs> so it's, like, right off the jump, this is the dude. Like, this is this, is this dude. This is who he is. And it's like, you know, that part will just be conveniently forgotten when you were talking about wholesome old Papa Jeff. But, you know, apparently and with all these allegations and everything flying uh, and all the accusations coming out, you know, he's uh, he's on the list. And 
again, does not surprise me, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, but it's just, that's just how it is. And, uh, I think for the most part, it's, I guess eventually with, with a lot of things, you kind of just have to be able to separate the like creation from the creators and be able to enjoy a medium and art games, whatever it is. And just understand that a lot of people were involved in creating that, not just the bad seeds, because you, you basically wouldn't have anything left to play if you wanted to shun it for the actions of, even if it's a majority of the people. Yeah, there's always going to be at least some people that were, you know, made this thing that they were really proud of, and maybe on some ends were even the victims and everything that was going on. This is also still their creation. So, like, if we want to play the Riot fighting game in the future, got to deal with the fact that Riot was and probably still is a super shitty company. I know, man. I'm so. already thinking about KOF and how we may be supporting, like, not good stuff when... I mean, I don't know if SK has been bought out yet, but literally anytime someone gets hyped for KOF, that's all I can think about is how, like, yeah. it may be bought with dirty money. <laughs> Maybe made with dirty money. Yeah, and like I mean, I really do think it's just at some point you have to just straight up separate the the content from the creator at the very least when it's team effort. If it's like one single individual, like like I'll, like I, I guess the primary example you can think about with a lot of this kind of stuff is everything that happened in the Smash community, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like you can easily just like not support the content creation of any of these people and absolutely should not and that way they lose their livelihood in in this community and in this content creation because of what they did like that should 100% happen um, but when it's like a whole team of people creating something it's like impossible to like I mean you can, you can like I said you can easily not support it and I don't blame anybody if that's their choice just at the same time if if that's how you decide to do that you're basically going to run out of things to play Mm -hmm. because you can basically find this problem in everything I I I believe especially based on what we've been hearing yeah so otherwise I mean like I said for me personally uh, not really playing too much from them in the first place um I probably won't continue to really support the company in any way. Uh, They've really become just kind of a shell of their former self. They'll really even make anything good anymore. So it's, it's just about playing their stuff that they created 15 years ago and enjoying that and being done with it afterwards, basically. So who knows what the, who knows what the next step is. Maybe I myself will go back to playing Final Fantasy 14 as I had done before. Oh man, it's time we get toxic. It's time, time we to get toxic. Time we get toxic, and we don't okay. go to League of Legends. We go to Pokemon Mobile games. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I have I have not heard some. I have not heard great things about that game. <laughs> I have a friend who is like telling me to play it, so I'm gonna Dude, check it out. <laughs> I have heard so much about this game that I legitimately feel like it's so close to just being DOA, like. <laughs> 
<laughs> the game has unlimited microtransactions oh, where you no. can just buy your way to like <laughs> the top and just whale whales are gonna be going ham, dude. Because you know these Pokemon whales are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hundred fifty thousand dollar Charizard cards. Like Oh boy. So oh and then like and that's just the outside of the game. <laughs> and then like the inside of the game, like apparently it's like riddled with FPS issues. There's no scoreboards, so you can't actually see the state of the game. Like you don't know who's winning at any point. You just basically have to play until the game's over. Um, no, like you can't see what items are on the opposing characters. Which I don't know how big you have ever been into like a MOBA before. I have never played a MOBA before. So like the characters are a piece of the story, right? Them themselves are how your character functions. But you buy items from the shop with the gold that you farmed mm-hmm. to power the character up. And one of the big things with a MOBA is that you can't just build your character the same every time. You build it for the current situation. If you need, do I need power now versus power later, right? Mm-hmm. What is my opponent building? Are they going physical damage heavy? Should I be building more armor versus like magic resistance or something, right? And right now, you can't see what your opponents are building. There's no scoreboard. You can't see what's happening in the game at all. There's only one way to play, man. You just get on there, Charizard or Fed. <clears throat> so, bro, I don't know. I I know I'm not playing it. Um, <laughs> like, I I hate to say it, but if I was if I was ever gonna put any time back into playing a MOBA, I'd probably just go back to League. That like, is like the toxic one. <laughs> I, I'm not doing it. I'm just saying if I was ever going to. So I'm just not doing either. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I will check it out. I'll let you know. I told my coworker I'll check out either tomorrow or Tuesday. But well, then the, yeah, there we go. We got we got story time for next week for sure. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna follow up on AJ's MOBA adventures. Especially with it being your first one. This shit's going to be funny. Uh, I think I won't like it regardless. Because, I don't know. We'll see. Or I may just be a toxic Pokemon United person. It doesn't matter because yeah. I will have to put like multiple hours into the game to catch up to the wells anyway. I, I mean, you could always just drop a, you know, drop a cool thousand. <laughs> be right in there. <laughs> Easy peasy, right? Yo... Speaking of Switch, you gonna get that new Switch? No, absolutely exactly. not. <laughs> absolutely not. That is, that is the worst. Like, if you already own a Switch, there is like, <laughs> I don't know how this. Like, I guess it's not a new model. Like, Nintendo specifically said that they, you know, they are not putting out a new model anytime soon, as far as like increased performance or anything is concerned. It's literally just a screen increase. It's it's an OL it's an OLED screen, and it's a little bit bigger. That's it. Everything else is exactly the same. So you might as well get the Steam Deck, is what you're saying. I mean, everybody should get the Steam Deck, especially if you don't have like a gaming PC right now. So my only issue with that is, what do you do? Like, will the Steam Deck get outdated within two or three years? 
Yes. <laughs> That's the problem. Um, <laughs> that is a valid concern. So here's the thing, and here's here's what I think the the point of this is as a quote unquote console, and kind of what to expect going forward. You have the same problem with every console, right? The PS4 was out for how many years? Yeah, eight, twelve. Uh, oh uh, wow, something like that. It's when, like eight. When eight did to PS4 somewhere. come out? PS4 release date, uh, 2013, so eight years. Um, and obviously all consoles are just running computer parts, like, you know, computer parts. Mm-hmm. They're just uh, optimized for, like, specific things. So it lasted for eight years, not because the parts didn't get outdated. They absolutely did, and quite quickly. Um, but the games continued to be better optimized mm-hmm. for those parts, right? And I think what the Steam Deck will essentially end up doing is it's going to aim for essentially acting like a console, which is what you know, they're making. They're making a handheld PC console. And the the way that games will basically play on it is they will probably just be utilizing like console optimized like versions of games right like when you buy a new game even though it's on a PC for like Steam Deck depending on how long you know how long ago the Steam Deck came out you're not just going to crank the settings to max you're going to let it auto auto detect based on your hardware what the settings should be and then just run at those settings so and generally that will probably be a very middling ground. It won't be super crazy, right? It's not gonna be like top end or anything. Mm-hmm. But it'll it'll run, I mean, and for probably plenty of years. And it's affordable. Like, especially as far as PCs are concerned. Uh so if if you're somebody that's looking to play anything that's PC exclusive, which there are there are quite a few things, um, that are very good and PC only, this is the reason to get something like this mm. at a very affordable price. I can understand that. I don't know. I'd rather just put the money into a... I mean, I'd rather just put the money into a PC. But it does make sense. In a, because you at least get to play anything for at least up to the next three years and backwards. So you still have a pretty good catalog for it. Um, good luck trying to play Call of Duty on there. But then again, why would you play Call of Duty on a Steam Deck anyway? Because <laughs> um, I don't know if you know, the Call of Duty like updates are like gigabytes massive. Like 50 to 100 gigabytes. So, Well, I mean, honestly, the Steam Deck's pretty equipped for it. Um, it's going to have NVMe solid-state drives. Mm-hmm. So even though it's like a portable hardware, it's going to have like you know integrated solid-states. It's, it's absolutely going to be loading faster than like a PS4, for sure. Um, and it also has expansion slots for SD cards for additional memory. Okay. So, I mean, that would be a lot better, at least. It's it's quite well thought out to be honest. It's 
it's very it's very good <laughs> um i mean again like i i don't disagree with the idea of just putting that money into a pc like that's fine uh but just just the note generally yeah it seemed like 500 or whatever as it's like base cost uh 500 doesn't even get you a top uh, top end graphics card right now as an example so like it's it's a fine idea to just not spend the money on the Steam Deck and put it towards a PC but just knowing that if you want to go like top of the line which would be like one of the only real reasons to do the full PC over a Steam Deck is because you're trying to like eat you know eke out all the extra power uh, you're going to be dropping a lot on it, you know, mm-hmm. multiple, multiple times more than what a Steam Deck costs. So putting putting the money towards a PC instead of the Steam Deck is fine, but you really need to, you know, be prepared because it's going to be quite a bit more than what the Steam Deck would cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, we shall see. Yeah. I am interested. I am interested to see if uh, to see if the FGC moves over more and more to like PC predominantly. I mean, Shrive is completely different on PC than PS4. If you don't, know. yeah, apparently. <laughs> are you playing it on PS4? Or are you playing it on PC? I'm playing PC. Oh no! How do you? Play? Oh wait, we can't play. How do you play in person? I haven't. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Dude, there's like four frames of input. Like. What on the consoles? Oh, on the consoles, yeah, and See? on the PC is like point eight or something like that. Dude, console sucks. That's I'm like, how are you gonna play it in person? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Future me's problem. And that game seems like, oh man, that is like a total punish. That is differences in punishes. Your yeah. fastest, oh, your fire frame, but still, that still changes things. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think what you can do, and I think like what most people suggested, is you could actually add input delay in the settings mm. on the PC version, so you could just like artificially add three frames of delay to the PC version and then you'll be at the four of consoles like 3.8 or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. so I guess if I cared that much I could do that but yeah Dream is that can't play Shroud together yeah I didn't really think about that um I think they were talking about like potential crossplay. Yeah, they were. So hopefully that happens at some point. Crossplay is in the verification process. Uh, as developer Arc Six Lamar introduces crossplay, did they give an idea of like when that would be happening? Now, there's no, like, hard date or anything. Uh, 
and I don't see any kind of hard date, but I, I, I remembered reading about it happening, so that's good. I I hope it does, so that way we can get more people playing together. Yeah. It's always a good thing, because then your player base just like opens up, and there's more chances to play more people. Yeah, and the PC player base is is not small. Like, usually fighting games, I feel like you don't see a lot of, like, uh, you don't see a lot of that's the word I'm looking for. I guess, like, the, the player base on the PC is usually not as big as consoles. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Strive PC player base is actually quite big, especially for any anime game. It's It's got a large number of players. I'm trying to see if I can actually find the Steam stats, because they'll actually um, tell you, like, how many people have been playing it and, like, what the what the max is and that kind of stuff. forget how to look that up, usually. Last oh. thing, go ahead, bring it up. I was going to say, I'll, I'll look up how to do that later and we can talk about it in the future. So, Last thing I was just going to bring up, uh, August 1st, man. It's coming back. Is it JJK? Yeah, man. Oh, was there an official announcement? Yeah. Oh, when? Uh, I forget when they announced it, but August 1st is when it's coming back. I think they hold on. All right, well, I found some. I found a story about it. Scheduled to be released at five p.m. BST on Sunday, August first. Yeah, man. Yes. Okay, good. I was waiting to see when we were finally getting this confirmation of like when it was actually coming back. We're that back is that is super exciting. Um Yeah, I definitely I definitely feel like we should talk about JJK <laughs> probably probably next week cuz <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> uh man, dude, this manga this manga is fire so good it is so good <laughs> uh yeah definitely i guess like really quick on the jjk front <laughs> uh who who's your favorite jjk character i don't know man probably toto probably toto i think toto's a good choice yeah. um for for me it's the nami okay so that's a good choice I know. I know. Overall, uh, you know, we can we can talk about all of the JJK spoilers and stuff next <laughs> week. But I I hope I hope there's some I hope there's some other people feeling the way that I do <laughs> <laughs> after after this most recent arc, man. Because holy shit! <laughs> if if you were a fan of 
50% of the characters. <laughs> Something bad happened. <laughs> like, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter who your favorite was. Somebody, like, you're probably screwed. <laughs> I don't know, like, <laughs> dude. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Like, no matter who you like, something bad basically happened. <laughs> there is so, no one safe, dude. There's not, which which makes for really exciting stories. I obviously. know that's that's the type of stuff but, I like. Yeah, I told you. I told you. That, like, <laughs> I was like, dude, this is so up your alley. How have you not been reading this? This is certified AJ material, dude. <laughs> All the time, all the time, suffering. So good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, I think that's about it. I am all talked out. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, this is this was definitely a super fun first episode, and I'm excited to uh, to get other people mixed in too, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe we can grab more than one people, but I was thinking egg next week. Maybe. Yeah. I. I would agree. I think I think uh, I think doing like some one one person introductory things, and then we can kind of do like a round table eventually. Yeah, eventually. And just get everybody get everybody involved. We gotta get Egg, Fuji, Dave. <laughs> maybe grab maybe grab some of the the you know Allentown locals or something. Sure. Yeah, definitely want to get just... Light Boom and Neko and yeah, all of them. So I think that'd be cool. I mean. It would it would take a while to get everybody one on one, so maybe maybe eventually, like maybe with the Allentown, we like round table with them just because there's so many of them, yeah, and kind of let them go off with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely would love to do to do, you know, one one off introductions with with Egg and Fuji, Dave, Daki. Yeah, definitely for sure. Yeah, get, get the castle, time. get the castle in here. <laughs> All right, man. Uh... What is your Twitter for people to find you at? Uh, I am at Antiquarian Zon. And I am... I'm not linking mine, because I may share this to Facebook. So... <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> Should that? I not? I, I don't think it matters one way or another. Okay. I'm just anti anyway, so... I don't know. like people knowing that. Mine's is usually pretty same, but... Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, if you don't like anime, cute anime girls, then don't follow me. It's cool. <laughs> Fair yours, warning. Yours is at least tame, though. I mean, there are other people who are way worse. Yeah, I mean, I I always and will always continue to cut, you know, hard cut at R eighteen. <laughs> uh, we just we just go etchy. Etchy is the highest we go. So, all right. So that's it. All right, bro. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. It was fun. Later.